What is up? It is the Bet the Algo Pick 5. I got my man Pete in the co-pilot chair. You're drinking. I'm sober. You're dying. I'm literally just drinking straight. Uh, what is it? The IV hydration thing? Uh, what is that? Lean. Are you just sipping on lean? I, I just, I have had uh, a cold. It's really not a cold. It's really COVID. But I don't care. It's a cold. I, uh, I feel fine. I'm jealous that you're sipping on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we are Bet the Algo. This is the pick five. We've got five free picks that we are going to deliver for you guys. The model last week, I don't know. It's so bizarre. Like I wake up and I'm feeling so good about the algo, although I felt like shit on Sunday morning, maybe because I was hungover and I fell asleep at 4 p.m. after getting hammered at 8 a.m. watching soccer, which was pretty fun. Uh, And maybe that has something to do with how I feel. But the afternoon games, Pete, we were like six and one. Crushing. Cruising. The, the model was absolutely killing it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, then the afternoon games, two and two. And then the night game was a, a loser for the Yalgo. Monday night was a loser, although it did have uh, the under. You know, just a couple of games, I think, just stood out that I still have PTSD <laughs> from. It was the Jets-Minnesota game. That game just really stung. Uh, the algo had predicted that Minnesota would be losing that game. Jets win 22.5 to 21.8. Okay? It nailed the Jets score. It nailed the Jets score. Yeah. Absolutely nailed it. Uh, and they're at the goal line, and they just and they couldn't get it in. And that, to me, it was a heartbreaker, and I'm still trying to get over it. Um, Algo finished 8-7. and seven. A couple of things that I think were really special. Uh, it predicted the KC-Cincinnati score 27-26. It was uh, 27-24. It predicted that the Raiders would beat the Chargers by 7. Uh, the prediction was 30.07 to 23.39. Nailed that. It nailed, listen to this, Washington Giants game that we know that ended in a 2020 tie. Finished, uh, well, the Algo had predicted a 23-20 game. Wow. So pretty much nailed that. Yeah. Uh, overall, still a winning weekend. Barely. Yeah. Barely a winning weekend. But listen, um, it adds to the number of winning weekends. Only been two losing weekends all season through 13 weeks. That's unbelievably impressive. Like, if you put, to put that into perspective, um, the Algo has now, as we said, what, I think it was two weeks ago, the Algo had overtaken myself. The Algo is now only one game behind you for the lead overall out of the four of, if out of all of us, right? If we count Brad and the Algo, uh, well, Brad stinks. Yeah, well, listen, Brad is 93 and 95. He's Congrats getting, he's to getting, Brad, by the yeah, way. Had he baby, had a baby. Had the baby finally. Um, the baby wanted to stay in there, but um, they finally got got the baby out. And um, a big baby as well. Nine, Maybe now he'll have winners because he's a father. I think that's how it goes. He, yeah, he can't afford the losers anymore. Yeah, the instinct's going to kick in. But uh, my point there, the algo, only two losing weekends, right? It's now one game behind you for the lead. You, on the other hand, have had one, two, three, four, 
five, five losing weekends. So just, you know, putting that into perspective, you've had some really highs, some really lows. The algo just keeps ticking along, just keeps making money over the long stretch course of the season. And watch now as it gets toward, as we get to the end, it's going to continue to churn out winners and um, it's going to make you money. I think ultimately that's what the point is. At the end of the day, this thing is consistent. Yeah, you're you're not going to get excited about you know going sixty percent. It's not fun. Uh, even fifty eight percent, it's not fun. But it's really difficult to do. It's not sustainable. All these touts. I am now back on social media and like doing TikToks and Mr. dumb TikTok shit like page. that. Uh, the real there's so many people on there that are so disingenuous that actually aren't transparent at all, and they may may very well get hot for a short minute, right? And it will be short lived. Um, they're gamblers, and there might be some people who are strategic betters and whatever. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but most touts, even the ones that get hot, I can tell you, especially the old school ones, there's no way that these guys use any type of modeling or data uh, to back their decision. They literally look at the back of a newspaper uh, with a pen and they circle, hey, yeah, uh, this is the game. I wanted to say this as well. Uh, on the Circus Sports 5, so we take for our premium members what we do. I share my Circus Sports 5 Those are the five picks that we take from the value index algorithm and I tried to just take the ones with the highest algorithm. I mixed it up this year versus taking the five. Listen, we are ranked 240th out of 4,671 applicants that it, or uh, handicappers. To me, yeah. that's pretty special. And now it is. It's really, really good. Um, and listen, there's still time to get inside that top 100. That's what you're coming for. That's what it's here to do. It's here to make money. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that we're going to get there. Uh, find us on patreon.com slash bet the algo. It's 10 bucks a month. This will be the last season that it'll be this cheap, by the way. If you think $10 a month is inexpensive, uh, we're going to come out next year much better. Yeah. Everything is going to be, this is, this is dirt cheap right now, uh, but it's going to go way up uh, because what we're doing for the community and the membership when it comes to providing real data analytics and predictive analytics around what these games may look like, uh, the algorithm is doing its part. And I think even the premium members or subscribers to our Patreon will even argue that even the losers are pretty damn close are pretty damn. I mean like that Jets Minnesota game is example. Like it nailed the Jets score. I mean, identical, by the way, uh, it didn't get the Dallas Indy game. Correct. Cause it liked Indy barely. It had less than a point of value on Indy, but you know what it predicted for Indy? 18.81 points. And a game. They scored well, 19. Scored, they scored 19 points. I mean, so, you know, even, even, and, and, and the New Orleans Tampa, Bay game. It was a. Uh, uh, it predicted twenty to fifteen. It was seventeen. Seventeen sixteen. Yeah, it's, um, right it's nice to see Tom Brady uh, back like that, and I was excited for him. I literally didn't watch any of this game. Uh, me and my wife started watching the new Chippendale show oh, on God. Hulu. Oh, it's so great! No, oh, it's great. It is so great. Uh, 
Yeah, it's wild. The one great thing about my um, missus being sick at the moment is her being in bed early and me being able to watch these games in peace. So I was able to enjoy the Manning cast um, for for that game, for the Tom Brady game. And it was, it was awesome just watching Peyton sit down in fourth quarter, you know, seven minutes to go, and it's 16-3, and Tom's getting the ball, and you're just like... You can just feel it. You knew it was ha- you knew what was moment. happening. It's unbelievable. And there was nothing that New Orleans could have done. No. Uh, so he's back. I also saw a new picture or multiple pictures that's been floating around on my group threads on uh, Tom Brady's new uh, dime piece of a girlfriend. Um, you know, kind of the typical hot chick. I mean, there's, she's flawless. There's, yeah. She probably says like four words, uh, but that's what Tom needs right now. I think that's, that's how you rebound Tom and Tom is starting to rebound. Yeah. And the reason I think he won this game is because he started hooking up with this chick. Yeah. One of the four words she knows is harder. That's yeah. for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Tom and, um, should we get into these, these games? I guess so. We'll stop yeah. talking nonsense and give the people what they really want. We got, uh, Thursday night game that I have an interest in just because um, we kind of know Baker. Uh, the Raiders at the Rams. Rams opened up as a five and a half point dog. They're now six and a half points since uh, Baker's on the way over there. Um, by the way, Raiders are now six and six against the spread. Rams still stink. stink. They're four and seven against the spread. 91% of the money and 73% of the tickets are on the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders are hot at the moment. It's it's the as I've said, it's the team that I thought could turn it around. We kind of touched on it on Monday night looking at their schedule. They've got a lot of winnable games. Like they won't win out, right? However, they could if they continue to play the football they're playing. They're playing really really well. They've now won Three on the bounce, at least. It could be four, but three in a row. Um, they've got really, really winnable games coming up. And I like what they're doing. There's a mojo change uh, in Vegas. Derek Carr is playing really well. I mean, he's playing really well because they're just throwing the ball to yeah, Adams. And exactly. He, Adams is going to get it. Yeah, and that's all you need to do. Um, their defense is playing well. Yeah, I was glad to see Baker get picked up, land on his feet. Going to L.A., I'm sure his missus is delighted with that. <laughs> Gets to go be a hot, rich wife in L.A. and doesn't have to, you know, think about being in Cleveland, not probably, you know, loving Cleveland. But um, Cleveland's be, pretty bougie. It, well, it actually, Cleveland, it, it kind of is now. It's actually gotten a lot better. But like, this is an interesting game. I don't know if Baker is going to be ready in time. It sounds like they may be trying to get him ready to start Thursday night. If the game was on Sunday, definitely play. They're trying to get him. I heard they'd give him the playbook on the plane kind of thing. He's trying to relearn plays on the plane and go straight into practice uh, because I, the, the kid, uh, Wofford, has a neck injury. He's injured too. Yeah, so they don't have a lot of options. So it could be a case of Baker kind of has to play. It's an interesting situation for him, thinking you go in, you try and impress McVeigh, right, for the rest of the year starting. Stafford's not playing anymore. You you maybe get a two year deal as a backup to Stafford. Stafford he's he could be a a, Sta- a bridge, right? But and listen, St- right? Stafford is thirty four, going on thirty five, injury prone. 
the odds of him being healthy for the next two, two and a half years, whatever, are sl- like, like are slim. Let's say he is healthy. He's retiring in two years. And then, what, Baker gets to take over the role there if, if he's earned McVeigh's trust. So, uh, in an ideal world, that's the kind of path I see for Baker. But getting back to the game, I was surprised the Rams honestly were able to stick around in, in the Seattle game. Seattle played well. Geno continued to look very good. Um, DK was catching balls, caught the touchdown. I, you know, I was surprised. I left the game midway through and didn't pay attention. And I saw the Rams end up covering, and that was one that I was like, wow, that's... I really thought Seattle would just pull away there. Um, so that makes this decision harder for me. It feels like this is probably going to be close. However, I'm not that excited or I'm not that enthused about Baker coming in to start last minute for a Rams team for a playbook he doesn't know on a short Thursday night against a team that's rolling and really hot. The number is big, especially for an under 500 row team, but give me the Raiders here. This is a really tough situation. I would not want to be Baker trying to prove myself on a Thursday night. I actually, if I'm Baker, I'm going to say, guys, I I just don't have enough time to feel confident. And I know he would want to start and they may just push him out anyway and i just don't think it's the right move if there's I'm, no way he's, he's just not him. gonna it's not he's not set up for success yeah but he's never gonna tell him no i don't want to play he's a baller like he'll just go out and get it done that's what, in his mind it's gonna be it could be a game of, of of backyard football um and maybe this seattle uh i'm sorry um maybe this vegas defense isn't as good you say they're great there's this Defense isn't great. They're still no. ranked 26. They've been playing yeah. better. During the wins, the last three weeks, they've been playing it's a It's a bend-don't-break defense. For sure. It really is. Actually, a lot of NFL teams have been going that direction. But here's the thing. This offense, forget about their defense. Um, although Rakiasin was very impressive last game. Um, I, I love that guy's M.O., he really wanted to hit some people, and I just I loved it. But this is right now the last three weeks. First off, it's a top ten offense year to date in Vegas. But over the last three weeks, which is a big component of the algo, uh, this is a top five offense ahead of Miami, ahead of Buffalo, ahead of Kansas City, ahead of Seattle. I mean, these are all top ranked offenses. Uh, they're just behind. Dallas, Detroit, and Philly. So this is a really good offense, and the Rams don't have an offense. Their defense doesn't really know what's going on. I mean, look, Seattle, like I said, Seattle's offense, they just put up uh, 27 points on the Rams. I, I'm going to have to go with the Raiders here. Um, I think the Rams are an absolute mess. The algorithm has Vegas winning 29.92 to 19.94. So essentially 30 to 20 for those of us that like to round with a six-point spread. I'm sorry, five-and-a-half-point spread. You're getting nearly four-and-a-half points of value on the Raiders. That feels pretty good. I'll take it. Usually the algo is not a big, big favorite. I'm surprised here because it was on the Rams last week. All right, we got a matchup here. Cleveland now at Cincinnati. We saw this game a few weeks back. It felt like Cincinnati had just turned the corner, and they go out and get absolutely stomped very quickly 
Uh, Burrow early. Remember this game? Burrow early had a chance to go up first. They would have probably put Cleveland on their uh, on their heels, and then he throws a pick. And I don't think it was. A, I think it was like a tip ball or something like yeah. that. Uh, it was a really bad break, and then the game just got away from them. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. <laughs> that blew my mind because um, I was I was sure that. Um, Cincinnati would win that game. This line opened up at three and a half. Since he is now laying six and a half from a, against the spread perspective, Cleveland six and five, but the Bengals, this is wild. They're nine and three against the spread. They're one of the best covering teams in the NFL this year. 57% of the money, 78% of the tickets on the Bengals. Sorry, 57% on the Browns. Yeah, the, going back to that game, I remember that game. We talked about it a lot. Um, it was at the stage of the season where since he weren't quite right, they'd lost. You know, it was early in the season. Um, they'd lost a few games. Like they'd lost a couple of games. They just didn't look right, and it seemed like things were trending in the wrong direction for them. Um, they're very much back on track. You said they're nine and three against the spread. They started zero and two as well. They're nine and one in their last ten against the spread. Um, they've been a covering machine. A few of those games I've been on the right side of. A couple of blowouts. The one against the Falcons at home where they put up a ton of points. And um, a couple of them we've been on the wrong side of taking the other team. And Cincinnati found a way really, really late to cover. Um, Burrow has that aura about him. Every time you see him speak at the moment, he just has that swagger. Like I love it. Did you? See, if you heard his press it. conference after midweek after the Chiefs game, he just had this. Like you know, it was kind of like it, Cincinnati. The question was something around you know Cincinnati being the Chiefs' kryptonite, and Burrow he didn't even address that. He just said, "This is the time of year where we know what we're doing. We got to the Super Bowl last year. It's late in December. This is big boy football time." This is when you got to, you know, everyone's got to start being a professional. And now is, you know, what matters. So Gronk used to always say um, that Belichick would say football doesn't start till December. This is the time where Joe Burrow's confidence really shines through. And it kind of filters down into the rest of the team. And we're seeing that they have so many weapons. They're going to be really, really hard to beat. Cleveland, on the other hand, I think last week was the perfect, although it was against Houston, right, and it was going back to Houston, could it have been in any more perfect way for Deshaun to, to get back to the league in terms of playing a team that absolutely stinks? Yeah. Right? If that had been against any other of the teams in the NFL, they would have been beaten. He was really, really bad. Like, it was special teams and defense which ended up winning the game for the Cleveland Browns. Sure. Um, and against anyone other than the Houston Texans, Cleveland would have got stomped on. They didn't. He got a win even though he played bad, which is perfect. He didn't him. get a win. The no, team got a yeah, win. Yeah, but he feels like, okay, I played poorly, but we were still able to win, right? It, it's not going to knock his confidence is what I'm saying. So I think that was pretty big. The line, it's interesting. Six points is a lot in a divisional game. I'm going to take Cleveland here. Uh, I know, it, you know, everything you've been saying about Cincinnati getting right. I think last week was perfect. Deshaun has, is now going to be a little more settled. They're going to run the hell out of the football. He's going to probably run a good bit in this game as well. I like them to keep it close. I don't think they'll win, but I like them to keep it close. Give me Cleveland. 
we all know what Cincinnati can do on offense. There's no question about it. They are super talented. Their passing game opens up their run game. I would trade the entire Bill Belichick uh, staff, uh, most of actually our entire offense for Joe Burrow and every draft pick that we could potentially muster up uh, for the New England Patriots and, and get Burrow. He is, he is elite. He's, the, he's perfect. He is absolutely perfect. I love his demeanor. There's not a knock on him. I hope they can protect him. Cleveland's, look, we know how great their rushing uh, has been all year, and it really hasn't suffered that much. This is a top five ranked rushing team on the ground. They put up 156 yards per game on average. The last three weeks, they're putting up 147, so maybe a few yards, slightly less than... uh, you know, their year-to-date average, but this is a phenomenal uh, offensive team on the ground. And I think the way that this Cleveland team, and obviously their defense is on fire right now for the game that they had last year, uh, last week, Cleveland runs the ball. They keep the ball away from Joe Burrow and that offensive unit. They milk the clock. And I think they're going to be able to do that and stay within this six-point number. This is too big. In-state rivalry. Cincinnati's going to be coming for revenge, but that's okay. They got Deshaun Watson back. He's going to feel more comfortable. It was extremely nervous for him. The algorithm has Cincinnati winning 25.12 to 23.96, so essentially a 25 to 24-point game. Six-point spread, you're getting nearly five points of value Mitch, who, on the Browns. Who did you take? I'm on, I'm on Cleveland. I'm riding with the Algo. So for you, me, and the Algo, some good news. Cleveland Browns 5-0 and in their last five against the Cincinnati Bengals. What? Yeah, straight up. Yeah, five, five games in a row. All right. Um, so, yeah, that makes me kind of feel better about taking the six points. Yeah, I mean, y- y- I think when you first look, you might think that this game could get out of hand. I, I don't think so. I think this, no. is, this, is, a, this is a good Cleveland team. Yep. It, it really is. And, and don't let last week get in the way. That was the worst quarterback performance I think I've yeah. ever seen. At the, at the That was at the same level as a Nathan Peterman throwing three picks. That was probably the only... Well, you know, it actually makes me feel better about this game. Right, that's what I'm saying. It can't be any worse than that. We know he's an incredible player. He's going to play better, and it showed you how good their defense and special teams is. They're good enough to win games, so... Yeah. All right, speaking of uh, Watson's former team, the Texans go right down the road up north to Dallas. This line opened up at Cowboys laying 14 and a half. They're now laying 17 points. The Texans stink it up. They're four and seven against the spread. Cowboys eight and four against the spread. Kind of surprising there too, because they got a lot of fan base. I'm surprised that movement for them hasn't worked in the other direction. 72% of the money and 60% of the tickets on the Cowboys. Wait, you were saying you're surprised the number from 14 didn't go the other way? I'm surprised at the Cowboys being 8-4 and four oh, against the spread yep. with the fan base that they have. Yep. They've been able to get, and they've been some big numbers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it shows how good they are. I think if you remember what I said last week um, before the Sunday night game on, the, on our pod last week was Dallas at the class of the NFC. And obviously last week doesn't 
change your mind on that at all. It just strengthens that position. They don't really have a weakness. They've got a great quarterback who's now healthy. They've got a top, you know, 5'10 wide receiver in C.D. Lamb. Gallup is really good. Noah Brown in the slot, who looks just like C.D. Brown. He's a good... C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. He looks, he's looks really good. They've got a really good tight end. They've got a two-headed monster running back, Tony Pollard, being maybe one of the quickest running backs in the league, with Ezekiel being the power. They've got a good O-line. Tyron Smith is still to come back. The other kid, T. Smith, who's playing left tackle, is doing a really good job, the rookie. Um, but Tyron Smith still to come back. And we haven't even mentioned the defense. Their defense is, is unbelievably good, full of stars. So there's no real weakness in Dallas. Um, 17, and I can see the number continuing probably to go, the, to continue to rise. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it get to 18, 18 and a half, 19 points. Davis Millis, Davis Mills, I don't believe, did he play against... Cleveland? Uh, no. No. He's, he's, start, he's, he's getting the start back. now. Yeah, because they back. style uh, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen's the start. For that reason, I'm going to take Houston. This is too many points for me. Um, it's a lot. Listen, would I be surprised if Dallas again won 30, you know, 7 to 10? No. Or if they won 41 to 13, no, I wouldn't be shocked. They may kick the shit out of them. This is I, no, they, I think with Davis, though, with Mills playing quarterback, they, they can get the ball, they can score, they can either go up or keep it tied long enough through the first or second quarter that I feel good about 17. This is too big of a number for me. It really is. Uh, I, I don't like it one bit. The total on this is 46 points, right? So to me... I think you could I I think you could you could look up in the first quarter and be like how are the Cowboys only up like 3-0. It could be one of those games where not a lot is happening. Houston's or how is it 3-3? Something like yeah. that. Houston's defense isn't that bad. They're not that bad. This is this is 17 points in the NFL. This defense, by the way, in the last three weeks has been pretty good. They've been a better defense than New Orleans, a better defense than Pittsburgh in uh, yards gained, uh, limiting opponent yards per game. That's, a, that's pretty impressive. Better than Kansas City, better than New Orleans, better than Pittsburgh, better than Denver. I mean, this is, this, this is a team that's in the bot, bottom half typically. This is not a good football team. They're ranked 28th year to date. But the last three weeks, this defense has actually been pretty good. I'm not going to say too much. It's a 1-10 in 10 football team. They stink. They're not a good football team. But this is the NFL people. Uh, give me the 17 points. I'm going to take the Texans. The algorithm, which, by the way, loves, loves big dogs. I'm blown away looking at this. Has Dallas winning 33 wow. Point seven four to fifteen point five one, even with a seventeen point spread. For my friends that can't do subtraction and math, we've got you covered. You're getting over a point of value on the Cowboys. So the algo has Dallas, and it's amazing how you know first half of the season the algo 
had so many dogs, loved the dogs. It's now starting to ease back the other way. It's liking more of the favorites at the moment. But yeah, that's a little bit surprising. Um, but I, listen, I think it's an in-state game, right? So it's kind of a rivalry. Houston will be, these guys will be excited to go up and play in Jerry World. And you have to know they're going to feel disrespected by the 17-point spread. You got to feel like they can keep it within 17. The last six home games played by the Cowboys when they play a team with a losing road record and Texans have all of that. Uh, Cowboys are 6-0 and against the spread. So uh, they feast on stinky teams. Yeah, I wonder how often a team that's back-to-back weeks now where Cowboys have been a huge home favorite doing it again and blowing out another team is hard to do in the NFL. So I kind of like taking Houston, especially after last week. Yeah, that was a big one. All right, we got Minnesota Vikings on the road against the Detroit Lions and what everybody is talking about in the sports handicapping world is how in the world are the Detroit Lions two and a half point favorites against the Minnesota Vikings because the Lions are eight and four against the spread. Minnesota is great as they are as far as from a record perspective. They're six and five against the spread. Get a load of this, Pete. 95% of the money is on Detroit. 53% of the tickets are on the Vikings. I really thought you were going to say Minnesota there because to me, the line is, is it's, there's two things that stand out. It's one of those lines where Vegas is trying to push action. Vegas I isn't imagine. trying to push. It's just the way the market moves. Right. What I'm, but when they set us, when they set a line, right? It kind of thinking, okay, do they want action on one side or the other or whatever it may be? This one to me would scream like, okay, they, it would appear they want more money on Minnesota, thinking Detroit are going to cover. Um, it's, but it's not shocking. We talked about it last week. Yeah, we talked, well, we talked about it on Monday. Yeah, we uh, talked, sorry, we talked about it on Monday. Minnesota, they just don't feel like a great team. They've set the NFL record for most consecutive games won by one score or less. They've won nine in a row. It's an NFL record. So they're winning every single close late game. Every single thing has broke their way at the end. They're getting all the right penalties. They're getting all the big plays. They're making everything happen at the end. It's just not sustainable at all. It won't last. And what you said, it won't last, and it probably won't last at the wrong time for them, i.e. first round of the playoffs, and they end up getting bounced. And everyone kind of goes, wow, I told that. that kind of felt like that was going to happen. Um, Detroit, Jacksonville last week, I said that was going to be the fun game of the weekend. Jacksonville ended up laying an egg. Detroit held on to their part. They put up 40 points. I was kind of expecting Jacksonville to put up 30-something points. Yeah, you would think. And it to be really close and an entertaining back and forth. It wasn't. Jacksonville stunk. Detroit looked really, really good. Jamal Williams just getting in the head zone again and again and again. It's amazing what he's been able to do. Um, Detroit have a really good mojo at home. They're, they're just a different animal. Like, they're still a good team when they go on the road. They're improved, but they make more mistakes, and their defense maybe doesn't quite play as well, and they're not winning those games the same way. At home, they just the crowd is behind them. They're able to do whatever they want offensively. Goff indoors 
looks really, really good. He's accurate. He looks comfortable. Yeah, he looks yes. really comfortable. The guy Saint Brown is incredible. Right. They've they've got a fantastic wide receiver who's putting up big numbers. He's a big deal, that kid. He is. He is a big deal, and he's going to be a weapon for them. Um, I think the play is Detroit here. Give me Detroit. They're just a, they're a difficult team to play at home. They're nine and two against the spread in their last eleven at home. That's unbelievably impressive. Minnesota, the bubble has to bur- burst at some point. I just don't think they can hang. Give me yeah, that. I think all over the sports, you know, uh, world, we all think Minnesota are frauds because they are. I mean, they really are. This team. Uh, right now from an offensive side is struggling year to date. They're just outside of the top 10, putting up 24.1 points ranked 11th. Uh, But the last three weeks, they're averaging 21 points a game. They're in the company. By the way, the Chargers are ahead of them. Pittsburgh, Cleveland is ahead of them. Green Bay. I mean, they're hanging out offensively just ahead of Washington and Arizona by a thread. Isn't it funny what you said there, that they're a fraud, and they have Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook? You're like, well, how could they be? But I agree with you. I agree. And on the rushing side of the ball, they're ranked 25th. They're yeah. averaging less than 100 yards on the ground a game. They stink and isn't on the ground. Cousins, in terms of his quarterback rating we were looking at, isn't he like... 21st he, in the league terrible. in yards or something. So he, he's not even putting up the big Yeah, numbers. Yeah, what we were talking about on Monday is just the correlation to great quarterback success to a marquee receiver. Yeah. And so you talked about Hurts and Brown. We talked about Burrow and Chase. And then you could add even Mahomes Higgins there. Mahomes and Kelsey. You could add Diggs and Allen. Yeah. I mean, the list went on and on and on. And the only flaw was Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. That's a big, big deal to me. They stink. This Detroit <laughs> offensive team is absolutely phenomenal. I love what they are doing offensively. But most importantly, and this is a top 10 offense, both on the rushing and passing side, they're that good. And a well-rounded team, obviously Swift and St. Brown staying healthy. That kid, St. Brown, he's been a pedigree his entire football career. He was a star at Mater D, which if you don't follow high school football, that's the, the, you don't want to play them. You do not want, because you will lose. They're an incredible football team. Then goes to USC, ends up on Detroit, and now, you know, he, he's a star in the making, and he's been in, the, he's been in the league two years. This defense that the Lions, who are still year-to-date ranked last by giving up 27 points a game, that number, by the way, was as high as 33, 34. The last three weeks are only giving up 20 points a game guess who they're tied with this is an easy guess come on you and me who do we like they're tied with new england they are tied with new england this is a phenomenal defense give me detroit i love detroit here and by the way the bookmakers who set the line they first set the line with minnesota favored by two and a half and the market jumped all over this. sorry it it opened up minnesota favorite sorry yeah i didn't realize that. yes i it thought did. I thought Detroit opened as the favorite. Yeah, I never even said it. Sorry. It's Sorry. okay. Okay. Uh, guys, by the way, before I give you the algo pick, if you like what you hear, you want to see all the data, find us, patreon.com slash bet the algo. It's 10 bucks a month. Guarantee you the model is doing better than, you than your crappy 
friends and any group chats and any dumb TikTok videos you watch. Uh, the algorithm has Detroit winning 30.7 wow. to 22.98. So basically 31 to 23. So a lot Saying of Detroit, value. Tons of value, right. even with Detroit as the favorite, over five points of value on the Lions. All right, we've got one more game left. We've got Philadelphia heading right down the road or up the road, I should say, uh, to the New York Giants who had a stall. Can we get rid of ties in the NFL? No, I mean, no, we can't. I like them. I like ties. Fuck you. Oh, you're such a soccer yeah, guy. Yeah, I like ties. Ties are great. Uh, also, I'll tell you why. Ties at the time you hate, right, as a fan. Well, as a fan of this country, you hate, and you kind of go, oh, what the fuck happened? Why is there no time left? I, I want to win. Yeah, it sucks. When you get to the end of the season, though, Ties end up being fucking... They could be the difference. It's like a win. If you get to the end of the season, the New York Giants and the Washington... Well, they tied at Washington. So let's say New York and Seattle, they both have 10 wins at the end of the season. Guess what? The Giants are on the tie break because they only have six losses and they've won tie. Seattle would have been 10-7. and The Giants get in the playoffs. At the end of the season, if you have the same wins, you get you get the tiebreaker. So fair enough. All right. Philly opened up as a five and a half point favorite. They're now laying six and a half points. Uh I still think ties suck. Eagles are seven and five against the spread. The Giants, another against the spread, darling, nine and three, eighty nine percent and fifty two percent. I'm sorry, eighty nine percent of the money, fifty two percent of the tickets on the Giants. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. This line is fucking bonkers, I think. I can't believe it. I can't believe it opened at five and a half and it's gone the other way. That's crazy to me. It's, it's, a, it's a drastic overreaction to the game, the Titans game, where the Eagles looked amazingly good and they kicked the shit out of them at home against the Titans team that they've overperformed. I think everyone would agree. Right, AJ Brown being the difference, the GM getting fired for making that decision. All the videos doing the rounds of um, the coach of the Titans, Vrabel. Did you see that of him in the draft room? I did. Those videos are pretty pretty funny now. Looking, he's back. like, "What do we just do?" Right, he fucking stay, standing up, shaking his head. But I think that's why the line is so big. A road, a, a division road team going in as a favor, being favored by more than three and a half in this game, I think is kind of crazy. Um, that's way too many points. The Giants, 9-3 and three against the spread. I've betting them all 12 games this season. They're one of the teams I've loved every week, and I've taken them every single well, week. Well, you've, you've killed it. it. Well, if you remember... You've la- killed it. Right, if you remember last week, though, they were the team where I took the, to- the team total over. I thought they were just going to have a good year, right? It's, it's bound to happen that Saquon's going to be healthy, and he has. But last week, if you remember, what did I say? I said, this game against Washington... It was on the back of two losses against the spread, and I said, this is going to kind of make or break me betting on them for the rest of the season. If they can cover and they show me something in this game, I'm going to continue to bet them. They did. They look good. They should have won the game probably in the end. They could easily have just lost it, right, But to a field goal. Regardless, they're managing the game well. They are severely um, under-delivering at wide receiver. They just don't have anybody. Wendell Robinson with the ACL going out, it kills them. Darius Slayton is their go-to. He's the only guy he has to throw the football to. So they rely heavily on Daniel Jones running and Saquon um, 
handing it off to Saquon and Saquon catching in the backfield. It's too many points, I think, though. The Giants could win this game. Here's what I think happens in the game. I think the Giants have the ball late trying to win, whether that be a field goal to win or whether it be a touchdown to win. I think they have the ball at the end trying to win the game. So give me the Giants and the points, absolutely. Yeah, I see a completely different game. I really do. And certainly... Thank God, because we've said the same thing for four games. I I respect the take, but Philly's defense is uh, a seventh-ranked year-to-date defense, uh, and they're still playing phenomenal. They're only giving up 19.7 points a game their last three Year-to-date, they're averaging 18.8, so slightly a little bit more than than what they've been doing all year. But um, when I look at the Giants, this is a 12th-ranked year-to-date defense giving up 21 points. As of late, they're giving up 26.3 points a game. They gave up 31 to Detroit. They gave up 28 to Dallas. They've lost three of four games. They lost to Seattle 27-13. This has gotten away. I think teams have figured it out. They are one-dimensional, and Philly's going to be able to do what they want to do. They're going to be able to throw the ball, and once this game gets out of hand early, quick, this could be a another blowout by the Eagles. I just don't see how the Giants are going to be able to hang around and keep up with the pace of this Philadelphia offense. So I'm all over Philly. I think they blow them out. I'm not worried about um, the six and a half points at all. What's what's the common thing about the teams that you just named? Uh, Detroit, Seattle, and high point offenses. Detroit, Seattle, and Dallas. The number four, five, and six offenses That's right. in the National Football League in points per game. So they're three really, really And they can throw the ball. Really difficult teams that they had to play. Now they get to play the second best points per game team. So, yeah, I, I think you're, it's a good take. All these three teams are very, very similar, but I think they can keep it close. Yeah, it's just not the right matchup for the Giants. Yeah, Washington makes sense to me, but uh, the algorithm... 30.97 and 19.7, six and a half point spread, almost five points of value, really 4.76. Uh, really what we're saying is uh, take Philadelphia. Guys, if you like what you hear, find us, patreon.com slash betthealgo. I can't miss Mitch. My I'm man, Pete, Pete the Irish guy. Thank you for letting everybody know who you are. Thank you. All right, guys, for the Patreons, we will see you on the other side. Thank you so much for listening. Let's win some more. 